Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hi, welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Jesse Gaskell. I'm Mike Sweeney. We're writers here on The Conan Show. Yeah, we're taking you behind the scenes. Yes, this week we're really going... Behind the scenes of what's going on, yeah, right now behind on the, the show. seams, exactly. Oh my god! Wow, what a what a segue into our <laughs> guest. Yeah, uh, we have Scott Chronic, who's the head costume designer here. Yes, he also dresses the host Conan right. O'Brien. And we found out he started out as an intern on Conan in 1998, so he's got yeah. a long career with the show. And he made a really incredible discovery when he took over recently as the. The headdresser for Conan. Yes, which we'll share with you on the show. Yeah. And we're also going to talk to one of the writers on the show, that our only Canadian writer. Yes, Levi McDougall. <laughs> I feel like I always have to preface. I know. Why do we... I don't know. ...target him like that? Like, like I should just say he's a writer. He doesn't have to be a Canadian yeah, yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't mention what state you're from. Yeah, we don't... Talk about how I'm a female all the time. No, that never comes up. It never comes Mm-mm. up. <laughs> Except when we, you read bra ads. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have all that coming up. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into let's it. Let's get right into let's it. Let's not talk between ourselves. That's a waste of time. No, you don't want to hear us. No. Here you, he is. You want to hear us with a third person. Exactly. <laughs> Here There's he is. Scott Chronic. All right, we're here with Scott Cronick. Hello, Scott. Hello, hello. Scott, uh, tell us your official title here. I'm the costume designer here at Conan. And how long and have now, you and also, been with the show? Oh, my gosh. I was an intern in the costume department in 1998. Really? Yes. And then I left for a bunch of years and did a million other things. And then once I was unionized in New York, they would hire me as a day player. And then slowly I took it over. Oh, wow. wow. I love the way you said it, and slowly I took it Yeah, no, I know. Now you're running the place. Because you're not just the costume designer. You also dress. Now I style uh, Conan, yeah, as well. Uh Yeah, that wasn't always the case. Bruce did it. Bruce Bromwich did it for decades. Yes. Very well. Uh, And then he retired right at the time we switched over to the new format. Mm -hmm. So it kind of made sense to change stylists. When we switch over to a half-hour show. Yeah. 
And he's he's changed his look a lot. Totally. Can you tell us about that? Conan, not Bruce. <laughs> Maybe Bruce. Well, we, don't we, we don't know. We don't know. I'm sure there's kind of cap Bruce, yeah, Bruce in Bruce's world right now. <laughs> not only left LA, he moved back to West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. Yeah, where he shovels snow and all of that. I can't imagine. I don't see I him there. Yeah. I know. No. Well, that's where his family is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's probably wow. beautiful. He bought up all the leopard print rugs there were. He's very happy. <laughs> so sorry. we miss him a lot, Bruce. Yes, he's, Bruce is great. Uh, but yes, Conan, uh, his style has changed dramatically. He yes. used to wear suits. Now he doesn't wear suits. He wears uh, mostly denim jackets. Mm-hmm. Started leather. Slowly, he started hating leather. <laughs> and now, oh no, does he really hate? Because he, yeah, what? you know, in it's, his it's personal a whim, life, he also a, wears a lot of leather jackets. You know, I've dressed a lot of hosts. Most I did a lot of daytime hosts. I did a lot of crazy hosts over the years, and. Uh, I always try to think of how they feel because what I'm putting on them, they're the ones on TV. They're the ones who feel the self-conscious thoughts. They're the ones who have to feel confident and have to be built up by what they're putting on. Right. So I never take anything personally. Um, And talent changes their minds all the time. Something they love in a fitting, they'll hate when... It comes time to wear it on camera. Ever mid-show? <laughs> mid-show, no, but moments before the show. Right. On this one in particular, because I, I vary things so much, uh, and Conan doesn't like to really look at the wardrobe till he puts it on. Right. <laughs> so uh, uh, there's a lot of very last minute. Right. We need a different jacket. And you said you've dressed crazy hosts over the or you've the, dressed other hosts over the years. Yeah, I did a lot. Of, um, when I was in New York, I did anything that paid money. Okay. Well, like, like the rest of us. Yes. Right. And so, I mean, I the, the craziest job I ever had was I did three judge shows at once. Oh. And uh, is there more than a robe? I was going to say. No, I actually was not even the host wardrobe important. stylist. Mm. I was the guest wardrobe stylist, which meant I dressed all the litigants. Uh, oh, my God. Like on a like people's court type show? It was Judge Hatchet. Judge Lane. There were three of them uh-huh. that we did in kind of repertory. Uh, and basically, it, <laughs> you know what it did is it taught me this two skills. One is uh, it, they were always kind of gruff people who didn't necessarily want to be there. They were there literally to get this case settled right. one yeah. way or another. Let alone be styled. Right. So they come in in their you know sweatpants or whatever and meanwhile I have a list from the sponsors of what people can wear if people can have missing teeth, if people can have Did tattoos. Did you have to put on teeth? We had a dentist in New Jersey that we would send people to if I looked at them and I was like, oh, no. And they would take them in a cab and they would come back like an hour later. What? And they wouldn't sound right. And I'm sure they were painful, but they had teeth in their mouth. So if we watch some of those shows, you can tell the people just had choppers thrown in? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But the skills that I learned were- It's kind of a makeover show. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, in a way it was. I also had a rack of clothes that was maybe two and a half feet across. That was my entire stock. So if you watch those shows, I'm sure you see the same sweater Uh, every day and whatever. But it was all about just making the sponsors happy. I just thought all the litigants lived together in the same apartment. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, no, but I, I learned how to like look at a body and then pull a piece of clothes and know it would fit without numbers, without sizes, without measurements, because I would have to do so many in a day. 
and they weren't always people I wanted to talk to. Yeah. Right? So it was a lot easier for me to go in the room, just look at people, not say anything, and then come back and be like, I have something that is going to look so great on you <laughs> right go with here. Your, it's really going to go with yeah. your new teeth. Exactly. Leave it in the room and then go and then see. But wow. also on those judge shows, it was weird because you couldn't let – the people ever see each other on the opposite sides of the cases, and you'd have to bring them to hair and makeup, bring them here, and you had to coordinate right. doors oh, being yeah. closed. You know, because we were. You want to save t- that drama for the screen. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, did, that, did you ever have to come between? Like, did they ever inadvertently run into each other in the hallway? And uh, not on my watch. Oh, no, I like that. Not on my watch. I I try to keep the drama to a minimum. It's right. never possible, but right. I keep it to a minimum. <laughs> Uh, like here, you have to keep Conan and Andy apart before the show. <laughs> Two litigants. They eyes in each other. They are Andy in multiple lawsuits together. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so bringing, so you said you could look at someone and tell what's good, what's going to look good on them. Um, so what's, you know, you know, when you look at Conan's body type, what are some... Well, I didn't. I don't necessarily say that I can look at someone and say I know exactly what's going to look good with them. You have to kind of look at colors on them and all that kind of stuff and fits. What I mean was I can look and tell you somebody's going to fit them. Okay. Like literally if it's going to fit their body. And I can look at a garment on a hanger and look at you and tell you if right. the shirt's going to go on your body. And There's only up. so much you can do. Well, so I, but I guess my question is what are maybe some of the challenges of dressing Conan? Okay, the challenges of dressing Conan are really measurement-based. He is has very— um, He's 80% leg. Yes, his inseam is so long that most uh, like jeans manufacturers don't make them. So you have to find certain. <laughs> oh ones. my god, I didn't realize yeah, that. I thought yeah. it was like a thirty-six, which isn't that. A thirty-six inseam is a. You go try looking for a thirty-six inseam. Uh, okay. Uh, challenge accepted. <laughs> I'll see you guys that's later. A, that's a very large inseam, mm-hmm. a thirty-six, yeah. and so yeah, you'll find some. Right. Yeah, like Dockers. You know. Also, his waist we'll is like twenty. Search and over. His waist is really small, <laughs> right. and, uh, and and then his torso. For being so tall, his torso is act. It looks small because mm-hmm. his legs are so long. Right. But it's a normal man's torso. Oh. Which is actually <laughs> no. I just mean it's. You really know how to butter him up. No, it's it's been <laughs> no Conan. It looks though. normal. Like for example, when he first wanted to go denim jackets, I was a little bit nervous, thinking they were all going to look super short on him. Right. Oh yeah. But once I kind of got into the fitting room and I saw, oh no, I can use like it's it's his you can arms use, use are off not the rack jackets. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top half of his body or the top third, I guess, is uh, is you know a normal men's physique and then the, the comedy <laughs> comes in below the waistline. Yeah. And thank God you don't have to put anything over the head because that would be, he's got a big he head. Does have a, you know, fit. you say I don't have to, you know how many things I've had to put on his head over the years? I know. So many. He and Andy have the two biggest dimension heads of anyone I've ever worked with. And I've had to put hundreds, if not thousands of hats or whatever on them. And, uh, you know, you learn how to stretch things. You learn how to <laughs> put a panel in. You learn. You, you figure it out. But, yeah. And also, uh, most of the male writers on the show who put themselves into everything have enormous have big heads. heads. What's wrong with all of us? Wow. <laughs> Maybe it's what's right. <laughs> you also told me because remember how you had to measure my head a few times because you, you didn't had a pretty it? big head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For a lady, you have a large. Head. Maybe <laughs> you just need a bigger tape measure. <laughs> the tape measure is fine. It's the All hats right. that people okay. make in the world. 
Jesse's head, uh, your head looks very normal. I think normal everyone's to me. heads look normal. Yeah. But Scott's head is big. Yeah. So do you think my <laughs> head is big or small? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. Uh, it sort average. of looks big to me. Average. I have an average size. You have it, an average size. Yeah. Head. It looks big to me too. I have no hair, so that helps. Right. That's what I was. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've shaved my head now over fifteen years. Okay. Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I've known you since '98. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, where'd he go? He must be off dressing other fun. hosts for a while. Yeah. And then you came back with, and hatched your plan to take over. <laughs> well, and so before you were, I mean, now you, you do it all. But uh, before you were specifically dressing Conan, you did all of the costumes for the show. And I think over the years, we've probably asked you to do a lot of really insane things. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and on a short notice, that's the worst part of it, right? Is that we'll, we'll it'll be I, that you know, day. Sometimes a trade off is that the worst part or is that the best part? Because at least it'll be over. You know, the, <laughs> the thing that I like about uh, costume design is uh, the adrenaline factor. Um, I worked a lot in theater and I worked a lot in opera. And in that, you're working on one piece for six months, sometimes a year, sometimes a year and a half between when you design wow. to when the actual production goes up. And here, you know, it's <laughs> as far the opposite. 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I have a distinct memory of we used to do a piece about the Oscars and we'd do little snippets of the movies. Right. Reenact, we yeah. reenact the nominated uh, movies. Right. And we did one one year where the guy's arm was stuck in the boulder and he, like, nodded off. Right. Yeah. 128 hours? Yes, yeah, something like that. And then... <laughs> uh, you asked me to make a lizard costume for Pierre. And it Our was the night. Pierre graphics designer. It was the night before when I got the email. And that. That's when I strike. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's the big difference between you and Matt, actually, is that you would uh, occupy my evenings. Yes. <laughs> which was good and bad because it was good in the sense that I got to plan. It was bad in the sense that my you husband. spent the whole night worrying. Yes. And it was bad. And it was me, another strike. So. Okay. No, but anyway. Well, so I Matt this waits is until the morning to tell you correct, that it's that day. Which then I have literally minutes yeah. to mm -hmm. do something, which. Uh, Again, Sounds like you like Sweeney's way better. No, well, well what I was, this superior. is actually a really sweet Sweeney story is that we made this, actually, I made this lizard costume because we were making the boulder and we were making other things. Actually, the boulder came out terrible. But uh, <laughs> so someone was I playing the boulder. In the, yeah, Andy was the boulder. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I it was based on his head. But it ended it up giant. looking like a giant potato chip. It was not, but again, it was a more costume in the morning. But the lizard costume was sitting in the back of the house behind you, Sweeney. And when he came out, you turned to whoever was sitting next to you and said, They made that today? And that has stuck with me. And this was years ago. Aww. Because, yeah, we do. We, we, we pull off small miracles. And it's because I have a team that I have been blessed with. Linda, who is my. Um, craftsperson, 
I'm so lucky because she comes from the world of huge, giant films, you know, where she, oh. she, any film from like my youth that I could mention, she worked on in one way or another. All the Batman movies. Wow. All, oh. Hook, you know, all these oh, things I where didn't she, realize that. she yeah. crafted Indiana Jones, like all, yeah. so, oh, wow. so many times we're spoofing something and she's like, oh, I made the original. I made the original. Oh yeah. my God. That's crazy. So, oh, she has like one of the original. So our Bat Chewbacca girl. is the Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Does she have good stories about all those movies? Oh, great stories. Great stories. So, yeah. So, no, I'm blessed to work with really talented people that are all on board and all enjoy the thrill and hate uh, not being busy. Yeah. You know, that is actually the worst part of the job is it goes in waves. Of course, naturally, everything does. But there'll be weeks when I have so many requests and we're just running around like crazy and, and pulling off everything. And then there will be a week where it's all VT and it's all animation and... Well, There's very little for me. Or we just have all lawyers and sketches, and that's like, oh, God, yeah. Just suits. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've I, heard this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I love putting writers in suits. That's <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite task. Just tell them to wear a suit in the morning, come into work in a Can suit. Can you imagine if I said, come to work in a suit, the suits these people would come to? <laughs> you don't know. Imagine. A lot of, imagine. A lot they of might double-breasted brown suits. Exactly. <laughs> well, your, your department is uh, famous here. I... There are so many different departments that contribute to the final version of a sketch that appears on the show. And wardrobe, everyone agrees, you guys take something and always elevate it and make it better because you're so creative. And so someone will order, I don't know, some uh, sailor suit or something, and you guys just elevate everything and make it better and the writers are always like oh wow well, i didn't think of that and now th- that's and in be a funnier. comedic way because it's yes in a sometimes comedic way. yeah sometimes it's like you you don't exactly want the the most literal version of what you've written right. but you want the like the creative funny version right and you you always provide but, that oh yes thanks. and not too cartoonish so yeah, but yeah. you guys always <laughs> just nail it just right oh thank you it's uh i always try to help the joke that's my mantra yeah i'm always like great. We, we where is the joke sometimes mm-hmm. you really have to search ah! for it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we all, i always say where's the joke Never and found. how do we help it and how do we not distract from it right is what yeah. i those are what are the things i try to look at that i caught on to here you know there was a lot of um you know, I learned about late night TV. Well, I kind of learned it watching others do it about what what to ignore and what to focus on. And, oh. and I think that the the joke is just the only thing to focus on. Yeah. Do you know. we we would really put you guys in overdrive when we would do um, mascots who shouldn't dunk, which is. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, you know what? I have to tell you, I'm torn <laughs> about mascots that shouldn't dunk because. I love that the end result, the day of the dunking, is thrilling for me because uh, it's it's a huge uh, undertaking and it's just so mammoth and I, I feel pride when it's happening. But the engineering of them to make it happen and 
And someone has to be able to wear it and run with it. They have right. to jump. And very often and it's something like it's, it's an aquarium with real right. fish yes. floating in it. Or a chest <laughs> of drawers <laughs> yes. or, uh, filled with underwear. The worst one for me was the giant ice cube tray that's supposed to look like frozen ice and then broke into water as he jumped. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember that one. That's, that was almost – that is kind of like a, a FU. Like, yeah, yeah let's yeah. see. Go ahead. Make it. Yeah. See, a lot of it sometimes felt like that. But, again, what I like about this Job is the challenge. It's right. the challenge. If I weren't being challenged all the time, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't still be here. Yes, you, know? the, you rarely ever say, "Oh no, that can't be done." It's the only time I say, say no, uncle. which is very, very seldom. And we've is, tried to break you. Yeah, yeah. Is if I go to my staff and I just see uh, tears. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh. I can't because I will take on anything and I, unlike other designers, will actually uh, do it myself. Like I'm in there working right. and painting and gluing and sewing and right. whatever that needs to happen to get the, the costumes on stage, which is another way I kind of rally the staff. Like, you know, I'm right. here mm -hmm. with you. I'm not going to. Right. No, that, you're that going down with the ship. Yeah. Exactly. So right. um, I'm crying, know, too. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we had many tears, blood, sweat and sure. tears up in that costume shop. But. Uh, you know, when I go up there, because it's upstairs, and we have a level above it even that's costume storage, and you can look out to the roof of the green room right. and see the vast stock we have now. Mm -hmm. And we started with zero, because NBC took everything right. when we left. They took it all, except I, yes, okay, they took it all. <laughs> that was like a divorce, where it's like, <sighs> pack a bag and be out of here in yeah. 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, wait, over. Yeah. They all sent props, a list all this of, stuff. of exactly what they wanted for archives. Really? And a little bit was flattering because I'm like, oh, these are things that I made. It's going to go in the Smithsonian. Right. right, yeah. right, but, right. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, anyway, so we started this with nothing and now. They're special dumpster. I, I can't even, I, I couldn't, it would be impossible to count how many costumes we've made. Yeah. Even how many mascots we made. We did that many years a lot of times. And there were always six, seven, eight of them. Like four times a year. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. For like at least six years or something. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, do you time. remember why that piece started? Uh, we needed something on the show that night. No. no. We had made that Meshuggah Taco Bell for the tour. And then we cut that after like the first show or something. Wait, can you explain uh, what that is? Okay, so on the tour we Meshuggah. did in between, oh, Meshuggah? No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, on the tour we did it, the first tour, not this last tour, mm -hmm. we had- Two you, 2009. Yeah, you had ordered a Taco Bell and a Lady Foot Locker and then a miscellaneous building that we right. were going to- make into a local building in every city. And there were actors who wore them, and they were these big buildings. And they just didn't work. It, on the big stage, I think they looked kind of haunting instead of funny. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all were like, yeah. It was just sweaty. Yeah, it didn't work. It wasn't good. I mean, I did end up having to cart them along the entire tour. Even well, we sure. But anyway, so then we came back and we had these. Because, this, again, we started with nothing. So in there were these buildings. And I remember, um, I think it was McCann, who was like, we should just destroy these on camera. Mm. And then it became, how do we destroy these? Oh, they should dunk a basket. And then when they fall, it'll break apart. 
And so that's how wow. that whole piece That's a great began. origin story. <laughs> that's interesting. I I thought we started that bit back in New York's in Mascots. New York. It was an exact duplicate of a character parade, new character parade. Right. No, just, no. I, I thought I thought we did that back in New York. I I'll have to we'll have to look that up. Interesting. But, yeah. Well, that's how it started here. Okay. And well, I, I don't remember I, ever doing it in New York. And I wasn't around yeah. all the time, but I was right. there a lot. No, well, I trust your memory and, over mine. And I also made that was what I would do in New York is I would make the mascotty things. They right. would call me in and I would make all of Triumph's clothes and I would make all like do you remember we did this thing? Was it a grub costume? And then I had to make it into a croissant. And then we had to make it into oh, yes. Miss Piggy. Yes, it would morph oh, into oh different. Oh, my yes. God. That's great. It's because I made a terrible <gasps> grub costume that didn't look like a grub. Okay. Right. What's you- a grub anyway? And then it became a thing <laughs> where you were like, tomorrow it's going to be a croissant. Like a real grub does. It, it evolved it yeah. into mm-hmm. a different. It metamorphosed. So I remember that. Yeah. So, no, I, I learned. I learned there and at SNL how to make mascot costumes. Yeah, and you made Triumph clothes? I Yes. I've made Triumph's clothes pretty exclusively for a long time. <laughs> Even on that show that he did with Jack McBrayer, I did all of his clothes. Oh, I didn't know that. Clothes and so clothes. you oh, wow. know Triumph's measurements in this <laughs> I do. I Without do. having What's to go into insane? the room. I, yeah, I, used to, I used to make his little clothes in my tiny little apartment in New York. I have a lot of fun memories. Oh, that's adorable. Of did you ever go into uh, the makeup lab? There was a big makeup oh, lab yeah, in 30 it. Rock. And when Triumph was, when Triumph is, is most popular, I went in there one night and it, it was like a scene out of out of Aliens. They were making their own Triumph puppets because they had trouble right. finding them in stores. Well, I can And so they took the original, took a mold of it, and they were making, yeah. they were using the mold. There were like six of them in different iterations of being painted at the same time. It was, it was terrifying. <laughs> I loved that space. That was amazing. Yeah. It was fun. That was great. Uh, what? No, I was just going to say, do you want to talk about the thing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we, we stopped into, I, I, I was in your, uh, the, well, you have so many different offices, right. but this the is main the wardrobe room, we okay, call it the, the main wardrobe, wardrobe room. Yeah. And it, it just looked immaculate. Like all these clothes that were always there disappeared Empty room, and you mentioned something to me that I didn't know about Conan's ties. Yes. So it, it, when Bruce retired, he kind of left, and then there was a hiatus of sorts. And when we came back, we had to clean the space out and rearrange because now I have to be kind of everywhere at once. So I had to set up like a satellite little shop there so I could be working. And so I was like, I got to get all these racks out. And I started looking through what the racks were, and I was like, wait, these are all ties. Well, there's more ties. And then there's these cabinets built on the walls, and I open the doors, and they're all ties. What? And then there's an area on the roof that was, you know, Conan stuff from Bruce. And I went up there, and it was all ties. And so we assembled them all onto one rack, and it's over, like, 1,300, 1,400 <gasps> ties. And each one of them is labeled with the date and the show that he wore it. And so I realized then he, Conan, for... A decade or longer, never repeated a tie. What? Never repeated a tie. Really? So I and have, every tie was cataloged mm-hmm. with a, with a, a like a Dewey decimal system. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that has the date and the show number. 
Wow. And it's so, I, you know, it's in wardrobe, you do continuity, right? So if we ever had to go back and shoot anything or if we were doing, a, right. you know, there was some cobbler or something. You're shooting to, a, you know, parts of a show out of Right, phase. which is so rare. It's so very rare. Yeah. But it does happen. Sure. But, you know, you're trained as a wardrobe person to keep continuity that way. So it might have just been easier to to get. But it also seems like like taxes, like after seven years, you can start getting rid of all your Or was he getting kickbacks from the tie industry? Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, One of the things that I like the least about being a costume designer is the shopping element. Um, Yeah. I, I like it somewhat, but I don't love it, right? I'm not one of those people that just wants to be shopping all the time. That seems like that would be a problem. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> it's not that I, I hate it. it. I just don't. It's not. It doesn't give me life. You know, there's other things. Well, maybe because it's your job. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. But but I, I think Bruce and, and most, I would say 99.9% of stylists love shopping. Right. Especially with someone else's money. They want to be out there oh, yeah. shopping all the time. So I think, you know... I, I, I could have looked at that and been like, oh, great. I get to buy a new tie every day. Wow. But I looked at that. And I, I hope you like, didn't oh, do one a day. <laughs> went to the no, store every day. No, no, no. I think I need a tie. Well, no. He went was, to Costco and right, he's like, at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 12 dozen. <laughs> no, so now we have all these ties. So we ought to do something with these. Yeah. Ties. Yeah. Like, can we? We need to Marie Kondo these ties. Seriously. <laughs> but, you know, they're cataloged. There could be a picture from the show with them. Are they? I, are these expensive? They must yes. be. They are? Yes. Oh. I'd say the, well, do you want to oh, know? The yes, cost? I really yes. want to know. The average is probably two, two fifty. Hundred? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. So we have, I can't do this math fast enough. I did it once. It, it really. $325,000 yeah. worth of ties. <gasps> that's like a, that's a house. In a storage in, not in, in LA, in but, Oh, my God. Yeah. Can't we all go to jail for that? That sounds so <laughs> this is, illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And the thing about oh it is God. when we switched over to the half hour format and Conan changed his looks, he decided he wanted a much thinner tie. So he will not wear one of those. Not one of those. Oh. And that's not also counting the Andy set. Right. We oh, to, that's which he repeated right. for Andy. Andy didn't have a new one every day, so there may be. But they were six hundred dollar ties. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I was initially going to suggest that we sell these for charity, but now I yeah. think we need to sell these just for us. Don't think I didn't think about that. Oh already. my god! No, seriously. I don't know how they hold up their value. I don't know how many of them are right. Are they devalued because Conan has worn them? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Who knows? This is incredible. Yeah, but wow. it's, it, well, we I would put, love to get rid of them. Yeah. I need the space. So let's think of something. Okay. Uh, we could sell them for charity. Yes. I think that that would be the. And, and we could sell. Each one comes with a photo of Conan wearing the tie once. <laughs> once. Exactly. Is there wow. a tie related charity we could donate to? I don't know. There must be. Well, there's be. those charities that like give, um, you know, low income people suits to wear for jobs. For interviews. interviews. Right. Yeah. Things right. like mm-hmm. that. Seems Dress kind of for success. Yeah. Or some lower yeah. budget talk shows. That <laughs> are there lower budget talk uh, well, shows? I, uh, <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess our, we, we just have, keep them. Then. Our tie budget, I think, was That's, pretty yeah. high. <laughs> Well, we have all that money to go with now. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, so no, it's very different now. Although, you know, some of the jackets Conan wears now, the suede, um, you know, jackets are, are, are not cheap. 
you know. And do those just go into a storage I unit? Everything. Okay. No, I repeat everything. <laughs> and well, he also sometimes likes to have those for himself too. I think he. You know, it's that's the most flattering thing I can hear yeah. is when he says, "Buy me a duplicate of this one." Oh, so he doesn't just take that one. He no. gets a second uh, one. He gets a second one uh, that he pays for himself. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. It goes. It goes on his card at that point. Um, but what yeah. about socks? <laughs> Did he? You, you laugh at about least socks, but socks? It, socks were a huge drama. Socks. Really? He <laughs> through the whole period before me, he wore gold toe socks. And yeah. Apparently, never liked it, but but, <laughs> but wore them. But was quiet about it for twenty five years. It, but not to me. And so then, finding the right sock was. Uh, uh, Interesting experiment, and we we hit it, we got it, we love oh, good. them. So good we're for all you, good. you got it in yeah. socks. No, but it's you know it's like I I can't imagine the minutia of being a writer, but the minutia of being a costumer. You deal with things like socks, you deal with things like t-shirts and underwear, and all of that on a very personal yeah. basis with everyone you work with. We have yeah, sock and it's very issues. stressful, and it can be like. Feels like it's the biggest thing in the world at the yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and Andy's been losing a lot of weight on the show, so I've been having to keep up with him. Yeah, what a dick. No, it's, <laughs> 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 no, it's great. He looks awesome. I'm, I'm super happy, and actually, it's, it's easier for me to shop for him now. Okay. I'm curious to see if his head's shrinking. <laughs> well, his neck has shrunk a lot. His head won't. Mm. People's heads don't. No, no, no. <laughs> Just trying to make your job easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're griping about hats. I'm not griping. No, I know. No, no. You, I don't you haven't griped gripe. at all. I try. You I haven't always, griped once. You know, I always. I've seen so many uh, costumers. Uh, be just kind of unpleasant all the time hmm. everywhere that I've worked. And I try to not do that, but some days it's harder than others because there's a, a lot of plates in the air and there's a hard deadline every day. And people are complaining yes. about their socks. And people are complaining about their socks. <laughs> gold like, toe. Wear, wear the sound. Wear the fuck. It's gold only an hour. Yeah. yeah. A half hour. Yeah. Now yeah. it's a half hour. Right. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> it's hard to keep a smile on sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine. You know what you've asked me over the years. Oh, you know? I've, I've committed terrible crimes against you. <laughs> you usually, you, you violated I, I know when I've gone too far. International treaties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear with me when, when yeah. you go too far. I don't, I don't hesitate to speak up when I need to, but when I don't need to, I don't. No, you're um, that's, incredibly even killed. For, for Seriously, an incredibly trying job. Kudos to you. Yeah. Oh, well, and seriously. we have to figure out something to do with all these. Tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. the next step. Maybe people can suggest, make suggestions. Yeah. Uh, what to do with uh, $350,000 worth, worth of ties. ties. <laughs> no, no two alike. <laughs> Only yep. worn once. They're basically brand new. They're basically. Actually, do we have the receipts? Let's try to. Oh, my oh, God. Are they all course. from like Nordstrom Barney's? Nordstrom takes things oh, back Oh, yeah. For a long I would time. say 90% from. from uh, Barney's Bendel, New York stores, because Bruce would like to go to New York and shop and send things here. Uh, oh, wow. So it was also oh, an expense trip to New York? No, no, no. He would it's, be there anyway. Just happened he, to be there. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the, those are the people he knew. That's where he did it right. for many years mm -hmm. before he right. moved out here. So there was a comfort level, and, and they would ship things out. I, I think it would be fun to show up with 300 ties and try to return them. Yeah. See, From you know 1994. And there are some that were never worn that have tags on them. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. So, and I, you know, they keep, I'm sure they keep every receipt okay. accounting in some way or another. Well, my big takeaway from this is I'm going to be obsessed with it every time. I never notice Conan's or Andy's, well, Andy doesn't wear a tie now. I'm going to notice a tie every night. Yeah. Check it out. Or don't. <laughs> I hate to, I hate that you never noticed something that yeah. we spent that much money on. Yeah, you never noticed uh, his well, size. I don't know. I, I'm I just sure like, oh, were, the guy's in a suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's easy to dismiss that. Yeah. Like, I look at him, oh, he's talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have been wondering what kind of socks he's been wearing all these oh, yeah. years. Uh-huh. I've had to shop well, for you, too. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, on the tour. I remember in Minneapolis, I had to find something for you. Oh. Oh, what did you have to find, sweetie? Pants. Oh, oh, now I remember. pants? I bought (laughs) you these pants. I bought, it was for some event or something. I don't remember what you guys were doing, and you needed a fancy outfit. So I went all over, and I found you these pants. And then you loved them. You wore them. And then you came to me once we were back here and said, you took them to the dry cleaner, and they lost them. What? You don't remember that? Uh, no, you don't remember that. No, I don't remember anything. You either told me that they lost them or they really uh, lost them. Okay. I've never heard of The it. old, the dry cleaner right. lost them scam. Right. <laughs> I will never see them on me again. <laughs> well, thank you very much for helping me out with those pants. And, and obviously, Minneapolis. I've shot for you many times. Who needs Jesse? pants in Minneapolis? Have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've played a million things. Yeah. Well, you, you guys always put me in something professional that I would... I, I always end up wearing something. And I'm like, oh, I, I could clean up if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wear really interesting, awesome clothes. I love it. I'm oh. always excited to see what in you real do. life. In real oh, life. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh no, yeah. I'm always excited to see. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yeah, thank well, you. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> oh yeah, well, <laughs> you can comment on. You can I'm say pretty sure you can awesome compliment clothes. her if you wanted to. I, I just, don't say your tits look great in that top, <laughs> exactly. but you could say that's well, a cool shirt. Well, one inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> leads to the other. That's the problem. It's a slippery slope. No, I agree. I couldn't say that about men, probably. <laughs> no, I, I seriously, I just stopped saying. Stop being you nice. just play Stop it safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, you might as well just be a exactly. It's just easier. Yeah. Well, Scott, it was great to have you, and it you was too. so good to hear about a different side of the show. Yes, that I think really a lot of people honor. want to know about. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. I listened to you guys, so this was very cool. Oh, for me. well, thank yeah. you for doing this. Well, I, and keep up the great work. Yeah, 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 and, you and we'll have you back too. on again for a follow up on the tie. Yeah, tie right, gate. Good. Good. All right, awesome. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks Scott. Bye. Put them on. Buckle up. <laughs> what is going to happen? We're as scared It's a lot as like are. Howard Stern. It really is. I don't know who that is. We're going to make you have an orgasm live on radio. I have seen that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the Canadian uh, analogy to, to St- Howard Stern is Tim Horton, I think. Mm-mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Is Tim Horton He's, a radio person? No, he's I a just, satellite radio person. <laughs> oh, just he was a hockey player who opened a chain of. Donut well, I knew shops. about the donut shops. Yeah. Oh, okay. he was a hockey. He was player. A hockey I didn't know player. what he uh, was. Right. I did not think that. from Hamilton, which is why Hamilton has the most Tim Hortons like per capita uh. of anywhere in Canada. Oh, cool. When do we start recording? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is we're actually oh. done. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in case you couldn't tell, this is our Canadian writer. Levi McDougal. Hello, Levi. Hi, guys. Hi, Levi. Hey, everybody. 
Thanks for coming. Thanks so Thank much. You. From all the way from Canada. <laughs> all the way from Canada. And then yeah, from you upstairs. commute we every day. We make you work yeah, legally, in I Toronto have to with my visa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Grueling, but uh, you seem to like it. Worth it. I get a joke on the show every now and then. That's all, all, <laughs> worth the drive. all that matters. We have been leaning into your Canadianness a lot lately. We have, yeah. I've been wondering if there's going to be backlash to me leaning into a stereotype so hard. Oh, I haven't gone that... back to Canada really since I've yeah. done it. Well, yeah, because I saw you talking to Thomas Middleditch when he was on. Yeah, and we you speak guys, the same language. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, we were talking it looked like he, to each other. He was yelling. It, looks like, it looked like he was yelling at you. Yeah, yeah, that's how we communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to shout through the cold. Do you actually worry about it? I kind of do. Like well, you're doing, we, we, we joke about maple face. Yes, we and talked so, about maple face. And when Thomas was on, we were talking about that, that yeah. when you're in Canada, you it's the type of comedy we would both totally avoid to right. stereotypical Canadian stuff. And then we came down here and like something turned. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because no one else is doing it or we miss it and it's a bit of home, but. Well, know. can you say you're kind of doing it ironically? Is sure. that part of it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I would have even done it ironically in Canada because it just wouldn't work like that. You're yeah. Doing, right. And then in Canada too, it would come across as like a regional, either making fun of the East Coast or something when you're. Oh, geez, look at those boys there. Like, it'll be. That's the East Coast accent? That's like, like a stronger Canadian accent is usually on the East Coast. Okay. Yeah, like Newfie, when they use Newfoundlanders uh, accents, that's mm -hmm. considered like the real, like, oh, yeah, I could go down there to Dubai and, you know, he's on the bed to dock. And, yeah. I don't oh. understand a word you just said. <laughs> and then. There's a lot of slurs. <laughs> Do the Newfies make fun of, like, the Prince Edward Islanders? I think within the East Coast they have that, but Newfoundlanders, Newfies is a bit derogatory. They definitely still use it, but they've been the most targeted. Newfies is a derogatory term? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Stuff gets pretty rough up there. Right? <laughs> You're a Newfie. <laughs> a darn great Newfie, but a Newfie nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we going to have to bleep all of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your research the too on that. <laughs> the um, Canadian N-word. <laughs> well, and you actually, because you were just on a sketch on Monday. You were on Andy's Sports Blast doing a, yes. a hockey. Doing a Don Cherry-ish impression. Yeah, I was a hockey okay. commentator. Mm -hmm. And so there's a famous color commentator in Canada named Don Cherry, who Andre Dubuchet, who wrote it, knew about. Oh. And he's kind of famous for wearing these really loud suits. And uh, I wondered. I didn't get that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I think our Canadian <laughs> demo were wearing would. a leopard print blazer. Yes. I and thought that was a personal choice. But. Well, someone was saying there's a color commentator here, maybe NBA, something Melrose, some Barry Melrose, maybe. Mm. They, they said that's who they thought we were doing. Oh. oh. But Don Cherry is like very blue and Canada, would always say something controversial about you know, they can play uh, hockey over in Europe, but we just don't, you know, you don't need to bring them over the pond and have them play here. So, like, stuff that would edge on race. And then right. he would, like, mm. go into stuff. There's, a, like, a long thing about female fans and how ugh, the female fans are kind of ruining the game. at the lives. Uh. <laughs> There's, like, all these highlight reels of him just and the guy who's with him who's kind of this straight man. is just like, oh, Don, Don, Don. No, 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 no. Like, he's like that Fred <laughs> Willard kind of character right. that just goes off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but... Oh, and then we also just had you playing, um, well, you were playing yourself, I guess, but uh, talking about the the Raptors. That's the right. The Toronto Raptors. Yeah. And so you were sort of shit-talking people around the audience. Yes. Or, or around Throwing the shade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just shade. crank my personality. Up right, right. Too. Yeah. I guess to six. <laughs> That's me turned up to six. <laughs> it does seem I like say, a stretch. Is it okay if I say this? The There was a sort one version of the sketch 
that um, you guys then had to reshoot because it was too hard to understand your Canadian accent. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and then that was the same thing with the Don Cherry that it, afterwards Matt and I think Conan had mentioned. They're like, I think you need to slow it down because it talk you talk you're talking so fast and the accent is so strong. It's like, oh, okay. But both of those like. That the actual people talk that quickly, right? But I and it, so it's making sense to me, and I yeah. did, I didn't even make that connection. So now Canadians watching the slowed down version are like, he's not Canadian. That's yeah. Totally yeah. Why does fake. he have a speech impediment? There needs to be like a Chrome extension or something that speeds it up to Canadian right, right. speed. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Well, yeah. I think we should just have you do it regular, and then we could subtitle you. I like that as a Canadian. I would feel like, yeah. that doesn't alter my my culture. Yeah. Good, or my good, tongue. good. You're not selling your culture out. <laughs> yeah, good. I did feel like when I had to slow it down, I was checking in with Andre. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm making him sound slow. He's like, no, that sounds normal to us. So America, <laughs> <laughs> we're one big country of newfies down yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, that's it. No. <laughs> I like that pause. Well, no, we did. We also wanted to ask you about um, the writer's schedule. You're on the sketch team. Mm-hmm. Um, can yeah. you maybe walk us through what's a, what's a regular day? People want to know what writer. a sketch writer's day is like. So yeah. sure. Um, well, the nice thing is that ours are a little more up in the air. That's what I like about it, that you can be coming in and working on, you know, a pre-tape that you're going to run out and shoot or something live in studio, um, or collaborating with someone on either a bigger piece or something that they're doing. And then a lot of us are also performers. So we're in other people's sketches or in our own. So. It's like, and then sometimes you're coming in and you don't have anything that day, so you're just pitching something to quickly turn around um, to get cut in rehearsal or something you've been planning <laughs> for 10 days that could get cut in rehearsal. Uh-huh. There so are many ways. There's so many cut. ways to get so things cut in rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as a sketch performer and writer, we have I, myriad. I like when things are the, the, the quick cut where it's pitched in the me morning meeting. It's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to go down and pitch it to Conan. And you're like, okay. And, and 20 minutes later, the, just an email saying, that sketch will not be for today. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think I know it, what happened in that meeting. asked yeah. quickly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll get a, an explanation like not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most I get. <laughs> We don't make fun That's of movies on the That's sort of my favorite thing, though, is you. somebody liked your pitch, but then you don't actually have to execute it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's win-win. That's the dream, yeah. You get the credit. Yeah. Without uh, the work. You just write one of my favorite things that um, Gordo, one of our other writers, had come up with is when we're Michael all Gordon. Up. Michael Gordon um, was working on tweets. Can we talk about the fact that we do? That we I don't know. Work uh, on, yeah. We're putting together tweets for the show. He was saying the thing... That he likes is is to submit one that's so good, Conan picks it out of all the other ones, yet gets the least amount of likes from the <laughs> audience online. He said it's such a tough needle to thread. You're yeah. writing a joke so good that one of the best comedy writers working today selects it, but you're both so wrong that no one else out in the world likes it. Yeah, because there will occasionally be those. I mean, you know, routinely he gets tens of thousands of likes, but then sometimes yeah. one will get like 700 likes. <laughs> and it's just like, mm -hmm. It's, it is a beautiful thing. I'm taking him down one tweet at a time. <laughs> We're taking him down from the inside. Yeah, that's our Star Wars shot. Yep. Yeah. But so, yeah, so starting in the morning, we usually pitch topical stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, I think when I describe it to people, the, the thing that makes their head spin that I forget was so shocking to me when I started is the quick turnaround. So you'll, 
You could be driving in and just come up with an idea on the way, pitch it as you come in or in our morning meeting around 10, and it could get the go-ahead for that day. So you quickly go in and you cast it, then you talk to wardrobe and you pick out the outfit, and then you talk to the set design, and then you get the music for it and anything else, and it could be rehearsed at 1.30 and on the show at yeah. 4. And I always think- Or of, cut by 2. Or cut by <laughs> yeah. 2. Yeah. And the really nerve-wracking ones are where you realize it won't be, re- if it's a pre-tape, it won't be ready for rehearsal- Yes. And then it's then the email goes out. Well, we'll watch it in the card meeting, mm-hmm. which is the monologue meeting right before the show. And then it's like Conan's already in his wardrobe for the show. He's in his wardrobe, yes. and he's it's amped up. And then it's a they screen your bit. Yeah. It puts a lot more pressure on it, and also sometimes in rehearsal too, you can go, "Oh, yeah, that's great." Like if he has qualms about it, he'll say, can you fix that and that? And mm-hmm. there's two hours to fix it. So it's like, sure, no problem. Yeah. But yes, at four o'clock, there's it's either in or no it's margin. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's an in or out situation. I hadn't thought of this, but two, the other thing is sketch writers is we don't interact with Conan in general as much, whereas the mono writers have kind of regular meetings throughout the day. Yeah, so that's it's, true. It's still mm. odd to me, like walking into the dressing room, walking into Conan's dressing room for card meetings. It was the first mm-hmm. time I was in there. Right. I had thought it was, it reminds me of the few times I went into like the boxes at NHL games where it's just all execs. And then like you <laughs> happen to have a friend and you go in and everyone stops. <laughs> and they the know that you don't belong there. <laughs> they know you don't yeah. belong. Everyone's kind of dressed fancy. <laughs> There's one guy pacing in a suit, a taller man. And everyone remains quiet till you leave. <laughs> yep. See, I never go in to his dressing room for those, mm. I wait in the booth and I can audibly hear through one of their headsets that's the whether they it. say it's a go or not. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a submarine waiting yeah. to hear if the <laughs> missile hit. <laughs> yeah. Did it ping? Did it ping? Yeah. yeah. From a safe distance. Mm. Yeah. Every writer's different. Yeah, some avoid that room at all costs. Yeah. Why would I want to go in there? <laughs> and then others just, yeah, they, they just brave it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's usually fun. Usually by the time it gets there, you know there's at least an idea. And sometimes that hard deadline that you're racing works in, to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, there are so many steps along the way where things can go wrong during the day. And you can be delayed, like, just by having a, a VO person that hits traffic. Oh, yeah. Or... Um, a prop that is... The glue gun isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, sound glitch or something. Yeah, and then it gets rehearsed, and then it's... I, I mean, for me, too, it's always like the my rehearsal might go perfectly, and then the actual show, someone important flubs a line, or right. the dog Decides doesn't do not the to thing. Hump the yes. yes. Yeah. Dogs... Yeah. Dogs are usually literally never safe. do the right thing in <laughs> the show. We've had a run of people. Yeah. That's right, because I had the bearded dogs bit with um, probably one of my... Probably the best actor I've, I've worked with on the show, Augie, this golden lab that we get in. This great, dog, great dog. I think I've done five or six bits. Can you explain mm-hmm. the beard bit? It was. Yeah. So it was off a, like one of those small news stories. A study had found that bearded men hold more germs on average than most dogs. So Conan just does a quick thing. He said, you know, news to me. I realized we often have a lot of bearded audience members. Nothing against them. I love that you came here, but my concern is for the health of my audience. So just to keep the germ level down, we're going to have all of you replaced. And so we have, you know, these bearded plants and actors. And I think we move like one real audience member and they're all quickly replaced with dogs who take their seats. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy at the end has a beat where he goes, oh, Conan, you missed one. There's there's one of those bearded ones over here. And we show this golden retriever wearing a beard. 
and so it's, it's quickly a dog replaced. With a beard. It's a dog with a yeah. beard, and it's quickly replaced with a similar dog with no beard. Yeah, was the idea, <laughs> and so we did the rehearsal, and Augie, the dog that had the beard on, perfect every time, sat still, like very stoic, and then of course in the show it cuts and just going at the beard, trying to get it off, and yeah, then there was it was a, beat a mess. They like pulled it down over and then looked up. And, and truly gave Conan the longest stare. I think the final cut doesn't like even have you stare. the longest <laughs> fuck you, like non-blinking, like this wise old sage. It's like, who the hell is the best? And then that ended up making the... Dogs the never get cut. They, they're yeah. they cut proof no matter what they do. Yeah. Right, because people are still just delighted to have a dog. They're dogs! Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's a dog energy in the Yeah. 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 And then the nice thing, too, is, you know, for as bad as a sketch can go, it, you're done at the end of the day. Yes. And you have to start over the next day. That's true. And that right. goes good and bad. That's, mm-hmm. that's the nice thing about the next day. It's a reset. And then I think everyone becomes acutely aware of how quickly those victories fade. I think we all get really good at just savoring the moment when something worked because it's a relief that it worked for you. And, and I think this show, because it is so hectic, it's a relief that it worked for the show and we really feel like we're all in it together. And then... The next day, it is near impossible to recapture that feeling or convince yourself you've had, ever had anything that kind of worked. Yeah, I always right. feel like the the good feeling la- is so fleeting, and then the bad feelings stay for the rest of your life. Years, yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bad feeling is like the plaque that sticks to the side of the arteries, and the good feeling is the blood that just like quickly goes through. Yeah. The <laughs> what a terrible system God devised. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, and it, the talk show. Right, the, the talk show. <laughs> he Great. put it on earth to torture us. <laughs> yeah, on the eighth day. <laughs> it's very effective. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's no savoring. No. Well, and another thing that came up with you recently that we were just talking about um, is sometimes writers will write in a brand mm-hmm. into a sketch, and that usually is just organic. It's like we read a story it's something about in something the in the news. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times when that airs, the brand will send us some free stuff. Right. Like, oh, a Snickers truck fell, fell on, the, on the highway. <laughs> yeah. and there's Snickers everywhere. And then the next day we'll get like a box of Snickers. <laughs> yeah. Delivered. Yeah. From that highway. Yeah. But there's been kind of a trend in our office mm-hmm. that I think some listeners will... I mean, this is going to be a, f- a familiar trend if you've been listening to our podcast for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, um, of them sending stuff in and then us. Well, it's always, it always changes the way we learn that these companies sent stuff in. Because I don't know how it works or where the mail goes or where if these products go it to It goes to the place. second floor. It goes to the second floor. <laughs> yeah. So I remember the first time I learned about something related to a bit I had done, it was a... Um, a bit where Colin Farrell, it was for the second season of True Detective. So it was off okay. Matthew McConaughey was doing all those Lincoln ads. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, now, now there's a second season. They sent a Lincoln? <laughs> no, oh. They probably did. We didn't hear about it. <laughs> um, but for the second season, it wasn't doing as well. So like, so Colin Farrell, you know, didn't get as good a deal, but he also got a commercial. Check it out. And it was just a whole driving commercial where we reveal he's in the Oscar Myers Wiener Mobile. Right. right? And yes. it was like very stoic. And, kind of, and and so maybe four or five days later, I saw like a couple like interns and researchers with like all these Oscar Myers Wienermobile toys and asked them, and they're like, oh, they, they sent a box like a couple of days ago of all this stuff thanking us for mentioning them in it. 
And so we asked and none of the writers had heard that that had happened. There was yeah. no mention. There wasn't an email or anything. Um, so this also happened again recently, mm-hmm. right? We, we did a, this NPR bit. Andre Dubachet and I worked on this bit where there was a news story that they changed their theme music for morning edition for the right. first time in 40 years. Um, so Kona reveals, you know, it's like, you know, it's a different sound. I like it. I was a little surprised, you know, if you keep listening. And so we added lyrics to it for right. the first time. Do you remember any of the lyrics? Yeah. Can you sing some I, of the well, lyrics? Yes. So I, the genesis of that is I drove into work just looping it in my car. <laughs> and for the most part, just singing. Like, Wait, your car has music capability? <laughs> yes. Okay. I have installed <laughs> just, music capabilities okay. in my car. I you have, have a, a very old car. He has a vintage thing. I have a 73 thing, a Volkswagen thing that is... That breaks down about twice a week, <laughs> but I love that. That's what children are like too, and I, I've committed myself to it. Children are not so like that. Children probably. <laughs> I've never looked into it. You I don't. believe children break down two or three times a week as well. <laughs> no. Okay. It's, sure. Um, yeah. Keep the thing. But uh, it's uh, become part of my story. Your brand. It's part of yeah. It's part of my brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I was driving in my car, which I had a stereo put in, so I could play music. And it was just looping this. I think it was like a 40-second clip. And the, it was just me going, na-na-na-na-na-na-na news. And for probably about 20 minutes of my drive, about a 35-minute drive. In. And then just adding lyrics. And then when I got here, Andre was here, and we we kind of just sat down. I think we're done it in like 10 minutes because mm-hmm. most of it started. Um, so we did it on that day's show and did the kind of bouncing ball lyrics. And it went out. And then I think Lori brought it to our attention, um, our queen of Twitter, Mm-hmm. Lori Kilmartin, one of our, mm-hmm. our, our mono writers, writers. Uh, mentioned that like NPR had picked it up and was retweeting it. Steve mm-hmm. Inskeep had tweeted, has like a <gasps> wow. quarter million followers. That's the summit of the mountain. Yeah, we made it. And, uh, we got Inskeep. Yeah, got the Inskeep. Everyone retire. Uh, so it's cool. So it was uh, put out. And then all the, also all the local stations have been putting it. So like, hey, yeah. come wrote lyrics to it. Uh-huh. And then Matt, our head writer, has friends at NPR. And he said that they'd been singing it all morning. Like with the lyrics <laughs> that they didn't get. So that was fun. In their things. <laughs> Everyone in their things right. is how I like to picture it. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, I think, maybe a couple of days later, there was an email sent out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to get into this. <laughs> there was an email sent out from one of our coworkers just saying, like, hey, cool news. NPR loved the uh, the bit we did about their theme song and sent a bunch of you know, T-shirts and hats and stickers and all these other things. Yeah, swag, uh, yeah. All the swag. It's on the second floor. Let's take a look. Uh, across from Erica's office. So it's mm-hmm. on this one table downstairs. So I went, I, I went pretty went fast. Down. I think yeah. I saw you ahead of me. Yeah. Like, we were both kind of like, because <laughs> yeah. there's such I a record of this happening too, we were yeah. like, well, let's check this out. So I went you guys down. are too cheap to donate. <laughs> <laughs> I do donate, but I donate to KPCC, so yeah. I have my specific. Yeah, and I think I also more just like the novelty of like, what weird stuff would you send as a thank you yeah, for, yeah. for an already weird thing? Mm-hmm. Like so I went down and there was... Wienermobiles. <laughs> Wienermobiles. <laughs> Crotchless pants. One person got the actual Wienermobile. <laughs> uh, and so I went down and it was like two packs of... Oral health care thing. It was like a toothbrush and a thing of floss and a clear pad and some stickers and one of these. They are on, on message. Like a puck, uh, put like a, the, a little handle you put on the back of your cell oh, phone. Oh, right. Right, to prop to it up. To make selfies easier. Uh, yes, right. to make yeah, selfies. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, when you're when you're watching TV at your desk. <laughs> and so Yeah, I was like, how did it get cleaned out already? Because I went I went right when the email when yes. I got the email. And it's not like we were passing people with no. shirts and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so and it was also is that bummer you're like also not unexpected. So <laughs> back up. And I just replied to the president at the end. I said, Hey, is there any chance you guys set aside some of the like shirts and tees for the writers? who like, worked on the piece. I think I just said for the writers. Um, and Amelia got a response saying, oh, um, I think I can get a hat, but it looks <laughs> like all the T's are spoken for down here. <laughs> we're already wearing the term. Spoken, spoken for. for. Uh, they were adopted. Like, okay. <laughs> by someone over 18. We'd have to rip them off somebody's body. <laughs> I know. That, that was the other thing that got me. I'm like, oh, can I unspeak? For them? Like, who, who gives you the... We fought this war and we went to... I remember... <laughs> um, no, and then she felt... I think she felt really bad. She came up after. And and just with a handful of stickers and a hat. And like, <laughs> um, hey, Levi. And then I had... I'm like... And I didn't know if I had crossed the line. Because I was like, is that... Is it weird that we ask if you guys just let us know first? Or just set something aside for bits we've worked on? Uh and I think it just doesn't occur to them. Like, I don't think, obviously, there's yes. malice. I think there, it just there's... really, it's just like, oh, we got oh, some we got cool free stuff. Right. Free stuff. Right. Who Rip wants the free box stuff? open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grab it. It's, it's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't watch a show. They don't even well, know we did an I NPR thing. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that it's Writers. possible that they're, the people at, at our company don't yes. really... Even, also don't know how stuff ends sure. up on the show. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that we have writers who, you know, create that bit that concept right. right so it could have been like yeah. had a mono joke mm-hmm. maybe that had npr and they sent right it. Uh, and they're like sorry we've already eaten all the t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> we can't give them back um well yeah i feel like this has happened a bunch of times i remember it happening once with el pollo loco where i i had written something and then it was like by the time i got down there it was it was just it was like just beans <laughs> there was no chicken yeah and well, dental kits. <laughs> I was able to get enough stickers, though, to create a yeah, sort of the shape a of a t-shirt. Of shirt. That's great. <laughs> so that was cool. enough for yeah. me. So. Um, no, she, I think we got three t-shirts because I remember Andre got we were Oh, you did get, get some. So three oh, t- okay. Well, she, she got, they were down in oh, they, our first floor. Oh. So that was the thing that was revealed. That right. Like, oh, stuff. Yes, that was the, we always hear about stuff being on the second floor. And so we think it appears on the second floor. We're like, Oh no! The stuff on the second floor has gone through the first floor, which gets so the so the, the hierarchy has yes. changed. Shifted. Yes, yeah, we we haven't even really heard about the first floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a kingdom so the beyond the kingdom. The first floor is actually the top of the food chain. That's right, and so that's where and I, then things I think trickle up. From they had there. gone around and, and kind of gotten some hats. You back know what? I think the explanation might be that the. First floor, that's the office called Team Coco. Hmm. And I think sometimes when people send stuff, oh, of course. they go, they address it to Team Coco. That makes total sense. And so that's where it's delivered. Yes. And I don't know. I, I, 
<laughs> those boxes, I, I no, open I think them it too is. I think it just open it stuff. and you see free stuff and you're like, sweet. So we need I mean, to get people to send gifts to Levi McDonald. Yeah, Mc, 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 Oh boy, uh-oh, what a uh-oh. this is uh-oh. Did I say a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the former head writer who hired me. I did hire I you. What you meant? I, but did this I say is McDonald? how I learned you meant to hire Levi McDonald. This whole time you thought you had hired famed comedy writer uh, Levi McDonald. There, there was a Mike McDonald. <laughs> um, uh, what a fool believes. No, that's uh, Michael Mc. Uh, who is that? Yeah, that's yeah. That's also oh, Michael that's McDonald. Also, yeah, yeah. That's Michael McDonald. Oh, that might he, he goes by go Michael by McDonald. Okay, and the comic Mike McDonald, who is kind of one of the like vanguards of Canadian stand-up. Yeah, oh, okay. He was kind of Jim. Jim Carrey contemporary, maybe even before uh-huh. Harlan Williams, that whole scene. He's he was, the Don Cherry of stand-up. He's the Don Cherry of stand-up. He's probably our, he's like our Bill Hicks of stand-up being oh Canadian my stuff. Oh, my I God. Mean, as far as kind of a club comic like that who worked the road and stuff. Yeah. You just reminded me of a Norm MacDonald story. Oh, great. Oh, that I, you, oh, did I, <laughs> oh no. Oh, you don't have to tell. No, no. We, we don't oh, have I to wanted, discuss Oh, my it. God. I want to tell. Um, which, which is a story that would have been told to me by another comic, right? Uh, sure, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that what you're talking about? The, like an old road story from yeah. Norm? Yeah. So the story I heard was, so my, I was, you know, a couple generations younger than like the Yuck Yucks Road comics who right. started when I came out. Right. And one of the comics I know who had toured, who was a great storyteller about those days and uh, had toured with Norm McDonald and Norm McDonald already like kind of quickly took off. And I think he was one or two years senior to these guys as far as experience. So this story I was told is that they were doing, I think like a big corporate show, like a big crowd. And one of the first paid gigs for some of these comics, or at least the first one where they're getting paid like a significant amount. And so Norm was headlining. And I think there were three or four comics who were doing five, maybe eight minute sets. And at that time it was all the material they had, you know, they were new comics. And okay. I've polished off my set. I got these jokes and now I'm going to go out with this guy. He's a great headliner and we're going to do this big corporate gig. And so at the gig, as they were starting, Norm off the top said, I'm just going to go out there and kind of warm up the crowd, you know, do a little teaser. And then you guys do your sets when I come back. So Norm went up and apparently did everyone else's material. <gasps> did all the, is this the story? You yeah. oh <laughs> did my all God. their jokes. And the, what I loved is what I was told to me, they're like, First off, we those are the only jokes we had. But the worst <laughs> thing about it is Norm's jokes were better. Like our jokes were he yeah, and he had so like he had three hours and he was gonna do an hour on this <gasps> show. So he he was only doing it to fuck with them. Oh and my he said, God. but we were just mortified because it's like we it's not like we have a lesser five minutes we right. can grab. He's like we, that was everything that we uh, <laughs> he went and when, then when he do? came off he was just he was just a joke to and he's like that was your crazy. turn yeah your turn oh my and so god they, I think they just went up and flopped and like tried <laughs> to do crowd work and, tried to, and i just i liked the motivelessness of it yeah it was oh i know just and then because you they have to drive with them like for an hour you after would. Like, hey exactly. wasn't that great when i did your acts what were you thinking i must have been crazy that's also only a joke for the other comic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's as inside know. as it gets. Oh, yeah. They saw, they saw like a pretty okay opening and then what the hell happened in the middle? Right. And then yeah. the guy that closed was came back and he, he was still really still not even killed. <laughs> yeah. It, I just love that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mortifying. Mm-hmm. And then he also didn't get any NPR swag. It happens at, oh, all, no. at all levels. <laughs> yeah. That does make me feel better. Well, how, how do we correct this? We have to... 
do another test case. And Oh, yeah. Maybe we should mention who should we mention on the podcast and maybe they'll send us something free. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned NPR again. I don't see. <laughs> yeah, that has to be. Well, and they're, they're an, something. This is an audio medium. They're going to eat this stuff up. Yeah, we could we could probably aim for something bigger, maybe. Sure. <laughs> Tim Hortons. We talked about Tim Hortons. Oh yeah, that would be a shit. They're, yeah. They might oh. still be in some in New York. Maybe they can ship some over. There's, some, I think there are some in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. Uh, Grand Central Station is that a Union Station? That's the one in what's in New York? Grand Central. <laughs> Grand Central. <laughs> I think there's a Tim Hortons there. Time Station. Yeah, because I remember my mom telling me that she had gone there and ordered a double double, which is how you order. Tim Hortons coffee in Canada, two creams, two sugars. Uh, she ordered a double-double, and the lady was delayed. She's like, oh, Canadian. Uh, I can always tell you guys when you come to... Because uh, it was American workers out of Tim Hortons, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's sweet. Well, That's Levi, you're... Sweet country kiss. You were a diversity hire, but mm -hmm. you're still mm -hmm. very funny in your own right. I'll prove myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Levi. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Levi. Right, that's our show. Yes, thanks it for listening. It always goes by fast yep. for me. I don't know about super fast to the listener. Uh, next week, we're actually going to be in Ghana. Yes. If you watched the show, you saw the announcement. We announced it uh, last night, and we're off to Ghana for a week. And you, we're doing our next Conan Without Borders in right. Ghana. And you can follow our trip uh, on social media. Yeah, on Facebook and Twitter. Instagram. Um, there's going to be a lot of live streams and. Just and lots of Instagram stories, Instagram lives. Yes, and I, I think it's going to be uh, a wild visit. It we have is. a lot planned. And we're going, we're taking Sam Richardson from Veep and Detroiters. And really, Tim really Robinson funny sketch show. Yeah, he's hilarious, and his mother is from Ghana. So yeah, and she's going to be there too. Actually, yep. Yeah, we we just found out she will just happen to be there. <laughs> so yeah, so you're going to see lots of. Uh, Lots of all this behind-the-scenes right. stuff. And Conan's going to try to drive, a, obviously, a wedge between Sam and his mother. Yes. Yes. Try to get adopted. He's by a meddler. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see you there. And we won't be here next week, but you'll still get a new episode from us. That's right. Of magic. Oh, we always deliver. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. We like you. Bye. Bye. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Kevin Bartelt. Engineered by Will Beckton. Mixed by Ryan Connor. Supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Associate producer, Jen Samples. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross. Jeff team, Ross. Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best! Ta-da! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM.